0: God has invited us all to join Him, right, in the restoration of all things. And it's not one-dimensional. It's not we just want Guatemala or we just want Toronto to be restored. He wants relationships to be restored. He wants us to steward creation really well.
1: Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane. And we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Kevin McKay has been in the international development sector since leaving the corporate world in 2012. He joined Food for the Hungry Canada in 2020 as the Director of Business Partnerships and enjoys working with business leaders and organizations who are committed to helping move communities out of poverty. Kevin is passionate about helping businesses to understand that they are uniquely equipped to tackle poverty. Kevin lives in Oakville, Ontario, with his wife and children, where he enjoys the great outdoors, barbecues, and supporting Arsenal Football Club. Kevin, welcome here. Those that could be fighting words for some people, saying you support a particular football club.
0: Well, we're in first place, so bring it. Bring it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's great to have you here. Um, for those who don't know, Kevin and I get to work together at Food for the Hungry, so it's great to be able to have this conversation, Kevin.
0: Yeah, great to see you. Mi Germana, ha- welcome home. Yes.
1: Thank you. Just back from Guatemala. Great time. Hey, Kevin, we're going to jump right in. I want to start by asking you the question that we're asking all of our guests this season. What does it mean to thrive? Yeah,
0: just uh, love, love, love the questions that you pose, Shalane, and love your heart um, that is so evident in how you pour yourself into the Ending Poverty Together podcast and workshops and initiatives. So so thanks for helping um put those kinds of mm-hmm. questions out there that really make us reflect your question from last season. I've been reflecting on for two years. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah. And you don't get to answer that one today. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I know you're a, yeah, cheeky. you're a meanie. No, we love it. Yeah. Very cheeky. Yeah. I think this is a great question. I think it goes to the heart of, of even the development work that we do mm. here at FH. I might even interchange it, if I may, with the word flourishing, Mm -hmm. which is something that um, even with the work that we do at FH, I've been been really reflecting on for the last couple of years, this notion of thriving communities, people thriving, et cetera. So for me, thriving, I think it's kind of two dimensions. I think the first is sort of this personal notion of thriving. And um, as a follower of Jesus, as someone that just wants to know more of who he is I think the invitation there is the more we get to know Jesus, the more he starts to reshape our worldview for how he sees the world. And then Mm -hmm. we start to receive all of these wonderful gifts from him as he reshapes our our heart. And I think the manifestation of that is what we might call the fruit of the spirit. And so Mm -hmm. I think the more we know who Jesus is, the more we can thrive by receiving these gifts in our life. So I think that's the first element or dimension of thriving or flourishing, I might say. I think then there's also this beautiful notion that Andy Crouch in his book, Strong and Weak, puts out into the world. And that's this notion of vulnerability and authority. Mm. So we have this amazing opportunity um, when we are people uh, blessed with uh, being in a position of authority to, to help restore other people's authority that might have had it taken away from them you know maybe Hmm. the oppressed maybe some people that you saw in Guatemala that have had um, you know their authority taken away so we have this opportunity to take meaningful action to give away our authority to help restore other people's authority and then I think the other dimension that Andy Crouch puts out there is this notion of vulnerability and I know we like to celebrate that too Mm -hmm. at FH. Hey, Mm -hmm. and so this notion that we're, we're we all have Vulnerability, but some of us don't have the re- resilience or right. the means, right, to to um, to weather that vulnerability really well. So mm-hmm. then, we also have an opportunity, I think, to um, take meaningful risk to restore other people's vulnerability. In other words, decrease their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I think I think flourishing then looks like um, or thriving. First and foremost, um, how are we thriving in our relationship with Jesus and how that manifests itself in the world? And then kind of what opportunity do we have to help uh, restore others' authority and diminish Mm -hmm. their vulnerability? And I think that's what thriving looks like personally and then corporately in community that we might work in, whether that's Canada or internationally. So there's a very long answer to your short question, Shalane. Yes,
1: that's great. Love it. Well, and I, I think it really beautifully leads into what we want to talk about today when we're thinking of businesses and we're thinking about entrepreneurs, because I know you're passionate about entrepreneurs thriving. And you have a particular passion for how entrepreneurs are uniquely equipped to tackle poverty and see people thrive. So how about we spend a little bit of time there? Why do you think that entrepreneurs are uniquely equipped to tackle poverty?
0: Yeah, I, I, I do love this area. I love the, just the ability that entrepreneurs and business leaders have to impact what I would call their business ecosystems. And if you think about what that looks like, it first and foremost can start with their staff and then it you know, it sort of spirals out from there, their customers, their suppliers, the communities that they operate in and, um, and beyond, right? So even companies that mm-hmm. have complex supply chains, et cetera. So when you, you think of that, the opportunity that business leaders have and entrepreneurs have, they can, um, they can transform people and leaders and they can have an intentional impact on the culture that they're creating. Um, As it pertains to their staff, they can create environments of good work and they can create environments Mm. of um, what we might say it's sort of a purpose, uh, a feeling of purpose or meaningful work to participate Mm in. Um, And the other thing that we see exploding all around us, particularly in the social enterprise movement or the be good movement is innovation, right? Product innovation, innovation in places that the world needs or even business models Mm-hmm. Um, that the world needs uh, to, to address societal issues. And then lastly, I think even from our perspective yeah. at, at uh, Food for the Hungry, ter- in terms of in partnership, uh, business leaders and entrepreneurs can help us reach communities and people that are really hard to reach for a variety of reasons. Re- resources, mm-hmm. being just one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think the exciting opportunity for entrepreneurs and, and business leaders Um, is to use the influence of their ecosystem for all of this amazing social change that we want to see in the world. So that's Mm -hmm. super exciting to have those conversations. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, and much of what you're talking about there is the relationships that they have within their ecosystem. And that's something that's so central to how we do our work at Food for the Hungry. And when we think about the root causes of poverty being broken relationships— Now you're talking about the relationships that business owners have. Talk to me a little bit about what do you think business has to do with and how can businesses actually work at ending poverty?
0: Yeah. Um, spending tons of time uh, really over the last two years meeting with all kinds of sectors, right? The not-for-profit sector, the non-governmental sector, the, mm-hmm. go- the government sector, the even churches and the business sector. And I think uh, sort of a 30,000-foot commentary is there's a constant dialogue now about the need for sectors to come together and collaborate together. I think there's a huge opportunity for business and the traditional sort of charitable international development sector, whether it be domestic or international, to come together and get super creative mm-hmm. um, about how they might share resources and, and, and knowledge. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think part of it starts with like, what is the purpose of work and... Um, you know, I might, I might co-op some some thoughts here and say that, you know, the purpose of work is to help create culture that really honors God and helps people mm-hmm. thrive. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, borrowing some things from Praxis, which we've been working with for the last little while, um, mm-hmm. even in our, our Ending Poverty Together business workshops, as you know. Um, there's a couple Mm -hmm. of different ways that we can approach work, right? We can approach it from a kind of an uh, idea of being exploitative, whether that's Mm -hmm. intentional or not, or ethical. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to create business and do our business in a way that everybody wins. Um, And as Praxis is kind of putting the thought out into the world, or we can do it sort of redemptively. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. this beautiful invitation to join God in the restoration of all things Imagine Mm -hmm. then the opportunity that a business leader that has this kind of influence that we just talked about, if we approached work differently, if we said, Mm -hmm. um, how can the work that we create be an opportunity to join in the renewal of culture, not necessarily Mm -hmm. taking things out of culture or Mm -hmm. exploiting culture, but what would it look like to participate In the renewal of like this isn't the sense of creating new and vibrant culture in a sense where we're also creating opportunities to restore people's authority decrease their vulnerability and have them participate uh, in a thriving kind of way and so that might be that might sound um, you know maybe theoretical um, but I think it is actually what is at the heart of what can drive an entrepreneur or a business leader to think about how they can approach the design Mm -hmm. and the execution of their work
1: differently. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying this might sound theoretical because my next question was going to be, Kevin, practically speaking, if I'm a business owner, I'm listening to you today, I I can imagine myself saying, okay, but what does that actually look like? Can you give me an example of... What does redemptive entrepreneurship or a purpose-driven business actually do?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, I think within the context of uh, FH and our, and our business partners that we've, uh, we've just been so blessed with over the last few years, I can give you some practical examples. Um, some of these con- concepts are actually, they, they're out in the world and have been for a while. So we've had one mm-hmm. very successful entrepreneur that ran some very large uh, retail furniture stores and he deployed uh, business concepts like open book management, which is basically mm. to say, I'm going to mm-hmm. open up my books to, to my employees. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share some responsibility, both on the expense and the profit side right. of how we run on our business. So imagine the vulnerability taking meaningful risk to uh, in an in a, in intentional way share uh, the running of the business with the staff mm-hmm. and then imagine the impact that that open book in a sense has on employees mm-hmm. where they get, see, they get to see how the business is actually being run. Uh, he went one step further and created uh, mechanisms for profit sharing and then created uh, mechanisms for like a give back program, sort of a ph- philanthropic program mm-hmm. where some of the pro- profit actually then and went to in in our case we enjoyed the benefit of a, of a uh, financial support program mm-hmm. he saw all kinds of the things Shalane and his business over the years of the, the, of just deploying some of these simple strategies very intentionally like uh, employee retention. Right like staff actually coming and saying, hey, if we chose to do our deliveries a very different way, we could save this much Mm. percentage to the bottom Mm -hmm. line. So there was all kinds of incentive then for staff to participate actively in Mm -hmm. their uh, area of responsibility of running the business. Sure, they're
1: invested. Yeah, they're invested very differently then. Exactly.
0: And so this is a, a real, I think this is a really rich example of what it looks like then to start creating meaningful work and invite staff to become stakeholders in that kind of a purpose driven company as well. Yeah, so that's a great example. And I've, I've got lots of others too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, share another one. I'd love to hear one more.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Can I, I'm allowed to turn <laughs> the tables?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know we we can think uh, about what's happening in the developing contexts all the time but uh, but and sometimes i think we can lose the sort of the the direct parallel there's a great example in guatemala uh, sorry in cambodia mm, of mm-hmm. what i would call a redemptive business and you mm-hmm. know where i'm going to go with this i sure do uh, mm-hmm. it is the yeah the disabilities community grocery store yes
1: dim- and yeah, and mhm
0: can you tell us a little bit about that, Because I would submit that that is a redemptive business in action.
1: Absolutely. It's it's one of our um, favorite stories to talk about because we absolutely see lives changed. They, What you're referring to, Kevin, is a savings and loans group initiative in Cambodia where people who are living with disabilities were brought together and given an opportunity to save and then from that savings experience, they decided that they wanted to open a community disability grocery shop. And so they have all worked together. They've saved, they've built this business. But what's so exciting to me about that is not only did they build the business, but then they started doing some more research Mm -hmm, to to mm -hmm. determine that it would actually be better located somewhere else. So they moved it. They've increased their profits. Mm -hmm, But what is mm -hmm. absolutely the you know, just grabs my heart every time is when you talk to these people, they're for sure going to say that their quality of life is better because their income is generating more opportunities for their families. But the bottom line for them is they have community. And they will say, in my life, I was an outcast because of my disability. And now I have friends. And now I have people who care about me. And what I think is even just, you know, blessing upon blessing in this is one gentleman said, do you know, we actually have people Mm. who are running businesses who are able-bodied coming and asking us for advice. And just Mm. what does that do to your sense of self-worth and your dignity? So... Yeah. Absolutely. We see this internationally happening, and we see this happening right here in Canada. So, uh, yeah, thanks for asking. I love telling that story. Love
0: you telling that story. And and you know I'm going to Cambodia in November, and I've said, I said, if I do nothing else, I have to go and visit the uh, the folks that run there.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Well, and you know, what? really what you're getting at there, Kevin, is the, the whole idea of mutual transformation, because we are changed— as we interact with others and they are changed, hopefully as they interact yeah. with us. Um, how do you think that applies to business? I mean, we're talking a little bit about it already, but how does that apply here in Canada?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's so easy, right, for us to talk about the, the transformation that we aspire to internationally, right? It's easy for us to kind of recognize what we think is poverty mm-hmm. in, a, in a developing context. Um, and so when we have conversations mm-hmm. with the business partners that we're inviting into relationship and to journey with us, um, yeah, again, we can talk about all the sort of the indicators of, of education and WASH, etc. So for, for folks thinking internationally, it's easy for them to think about the transformation that we're, we're, we're aspiring to in that context. I think the, mm-hmm. the exciting thing is really, the, again, the realization that there's poverty right here in our own backyard. And so the idea of mutual transformation, right. I, I think, think there's kind of a duality here. One is to say, look, we can, we still have to take care of our own communities. We still have to love on our own communities. And I'd say, as a as a follower of Jesus, um, we know that we also have to take care of our neighbors. So there's that sort of concept. Mm-hmm. I think the other concept that, that I would celebrate is, um, you know, that the a business owner um, has the opportunity uh to walk with other like-minded entrepreneurs and sometimes we'll hear all kinds of research and in focus groups about how how it's lonely at the top how an entrepreneur mm. um, feels like they're isolated and they're doing it all themselves and I, I would I would submit that mm-hmm. that's probably an indicator of an unhealthy rhythm in their life and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so I think one of the opportunities for mutual transformation is not, not only what we're doing internationally but the opportunity to use the same principles to recognize the indicators of poverty here and and to mm-hmm. build um, into your business the opportunity to help address uh, local issues as well too. And, and to, to help to create, um, you know, again, we might say a social change program or to design your business in a way that's going to help your, your local community that you're operating in thrive. But again, mm-hmm. that little um, that little piece as well uh, um, in terms of the, the transformation of the heart, the transformation of the leader's approach, the way they approach work. Um, Mm -hmm. We know that entrepreneurs and business leaders are sacrificially, you know, giving themselves and working eight-hour weeks, 70-hour weeks. Um, But um, how do they they do that, you know, sort of as adventurous work in deep community? I think that's part of the opportunity of what mutual transformation can look like as well, too.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, when leaders are healthy, then their organizations tend to be healthy. Because it, it kind of bleeds down into the culture, right? The, uh, the environment. And then I would imagine that has impact not just on the employees, but also on all the supply chain and that whole ecosystem that you're talking about. Um, One of the other things that comes to mind, Kevin, is businesses who come together. And we have an example in BC where we have several businesses who have come together and they partner with us. Do you want to speak a little bit to what kind of transformation happens when that happens, when businesses actually pull together to do something bigger than themselves?
0: Yeah, it's a great example. So we have a, um, a group of businesses based in British Columbia that have come together around um, sort of a nuclei of work that we've been doing in, in Guatemala. And I think this is a great illustration of what it can uh, look like when business leaders start thinking, um, quite frankly, a little bit more than just you know about themselves and their their business that's right mm-hmm. in front of them. Um, I think this does go to, um, the notion of how we, how business leaders can come together in community as Mm -hmm. well. Um, so this is a group of businesses in British Columbia that have decided to join together in a group that they've created called Communidad. Mm -hmm. And, um. They have organized themselves to rally around uh, issues of poverty, predominantly, at, like I said, in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And they will come together uh, and do a different different sets of activities together in community throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've hosted different sessions on, on even just mental health. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for leaders and staff? Mm-hmm. And um, Kevin, they'll do a, can I just
1: jump in there with yeah, that? Please. One of the things that I love about this is, as I understand it, they went with that initiative around mental health in almost partnership or sort of tandem with the initiatives that the Guatemalan FH communities are doing around mental health. And so part of their partnership is that they're working on this same issue together at the same time, which I just think is beautiful.
0: Well, and I, I agree because sometimes we'll think, well, we've got education, power and resources and money here in North America. So really mm. what does the, the rest of the world have to teach us? And there's something mm-hmm. that something amazing to receive when we adopt the posture of listening uh, to mm-hmm. what's going on in a different context. So I celebrate that with you, Shalane. I think our partners and the pe- people that we work with in internationally have so much to teach us. And so yes. I agree. Yeah. And, and that is a beautiful, beautiful illustration of how it's showing up. There's no notion of mutual transformation mm-hmm. back here in Canada. Yeah, and then Communidad uh, comes together. It talks about its its business issues at, at times. It, it definitely talks about, um, you know, I think think creating a sense of encouragement for one another as the senior business leaders of these organizations. Mm-hmm. And then they just have a ton of fun together. They, they sure do. Yeah, they <laughs> come great. together and do an annual fundraiser. They come together there at different times and have um, lunches and, and lunch and learns. And they do workshops with with wonderful people like Shalane here. So. <laughs> So I think this is, I think this is a great illustration of what redemptive business can also look like. Um, mm-hmm. We'll often, I'll often hear comments like, you know, I found my tribe, you know, like I, I feel like mm-hmm. there's more purpose in what we're doing collectively as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, that lone wolf mentality. And, and we just resist that at all, at all, on all levels, mm-hmm. this notion of going in alone. So I think that's a be- beautiful, illustration. And we would want to encourage um, you know, the, our business partners across Canada to help us uh, and help them where we can mm-hmm. form these kinds of uh, purpose-driven kind of collectives, if you mm-hmm. will. I think that's a great a great uh, example. Thanks for bringing mm-hmm. that up.
1: I know that a collective that you are part of that has been really powerful in your own life is Praxis Labs. And so you had mentioned that a little bit earlier today. I'm wondering if you would just... Maybe listeners have never heard of Praxis Labs before. Uh, what is that, and what are you doing with the Toronto Guild?
0: Yeah, thanks very much. It's 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 been a super exciting journey. Um, both, you know, as we study Praxis Labs and the theories that they're putting out, they're based out in New York. I think they've been around for ten or twelve years now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They they are a thought leader in this notion of redemptive entrepreneurship. And what's mm-hmm. been really nice is how they've let us even borrow some of that language with the work mm-hmm. that we've been doing here at FH in our impact partner program and the right. businesses that we we've been journeying with. And um, yeah, I think the beautiful thing that they're putting out into this world, we've, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, is this notion of how can we renew culture? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we as leaders um not just live for self or even improve self, but even die to self. And I know that sounds scary, particularly when an entrepreneur is already giving up so much of their time. Mm -hmm. Um, But even this notion of moving from sort of using and respecting people to actually blessing people. Mm -hmm. So this kind of undergirds this notion of redemptive entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love what they're putting out into the world, which is to say, you know, um, God has invited us all to join him, Mm -hmm. right? In the restoration of all things. Mm -hmm. And it's not one dimensional. It's not, we just want Guatemala or we just want, you know, um, Toronto to be restored. He wants um, relationships to be Mm -hmm. restored. He wants us to steward creation really well. He wants to restore our relationship really well. So, I think traditionally, even with work, there's been this sort of this bivocation of this notion of secular and sacred. And so if you're not a pastor or you're not, um, you know, doing your holy work on Sundays, then really the rest of the week, you're just you're just kind of living your life. And I think I think we can debunk that Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. So this notion of redemptive entrepreneurship, I think, is also this. in terms of what Praxis is doing, is a way for uh, entrepreneurs and investors, that sort of ecosystem, to come together, intentionally being together, learning together. So we've been doing things like Mm. a lament exercise, which has been Mm. super powerful. Um, um, We've been doing uh, going through a little exercise called rule of life, Um, good rhythms in our life, even as senior leaders, And then the exciting thing for me, because I'm a doer, is uh, how can we we build together? So what are the ways that we can um, leverage our time, treasures, and our talents to actually journey Mm. together and speak into Mm -hmm. each other's uh, ventures? How has God got us dreaming about our ventures? So that's kind of what we're doing Mm -hmm. with Praxis Go Toronto. Again, I
1: think it's that, that sense of community because there is a lot of isolation when you are an entrepreneur or a business owner and a lot of competition. So it's it's lovely to think that people who are kingdom-minded can find this place together to journey together and to uh, try some new things. Which leads me to my next question, Kevin. Imagine someone's listening today and they're saying, you know what, God is stirring my heart in this and I am a business owner I really, I want to know more about how to become more purpose-driven or how can I increase my social impact? Um, Where do they go? What do they, how do they, how do they find out more?
0: Yeah, thanks for the question, Shalane. Uh, You know, we are so passionate about um, the work that we're doing internationally. And I would say as as, uh, Christians, we are equally as passionate about seeing, um, you know, poverty tackled here in Canada. We would love to uh, have a discovery call with uh, entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that are out there right now thinking about, you know, how do I engage my my staff in some meaningful kinds of ways? Um, How can I help just even take simple steps to start um, embedding some of the concepts that we've talked about today, just even lightly? in the business mm-hmm. and exposing my staff. So we would love to schedule um, a discovery call is what I might call it. Um, mm-hmm. We can do a virtual latte, but I'm an extrovert, so I love to do it in person. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And we would we would have a little chat about what we call our impact partner program. And mm-hmm. really this is a, at a high level, it's a way for how do we come into partnership together? Um, mm-hmm. How do we make uh, some of the resources that we've developed and you've developed for us, Shalane, at FH available? Um, different kinds of workshops to engage staff in the, some of the conversation we've had here today um, mm-hmm. and help people understand root causes of poverty. And mm-hmm. then how do we, how can we um, uh, create um, fun, simple, turnkey ways for business leaders to start activating and engaging their staff in, in concepts of more, mm-hmm. uh, creating more meaningful work for, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it's super meaningful and I think it can also be fun as well. It is possible to to do those things. It is. And yeah, and and I guess lastly, I would say, you know, I think um, there's always been this trade off, but when we talk about social change that from a business perspective, um, we can't do this and be profitable at the same, mm. same time. And I think Clearly, the research is out now that we can debunk mm-hmm. that. So what we would we'd love to invite um, business leaders and entrepreneurs into is this notion that you can really kind of go after that quadruple bottom line of, of people, planet, um, profit, dare mm-hmm. I say it, and mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have all the answers, but we're super excited to weigh into a, just an exciting conversation mm-hmm. about that.
1: One of the things that I love about working with FH is that our model is to walk with And I think that that's a beautiful part of these business partnerships is that it is walking together. It's not just saying, hey, you should Mm -hmm. do this, but it's, hey, let us walk with you. And like you said, start even with some bite-sized ways that these changes can happen. Mm -hmm. On a practical note, Kevin, um, where can people contact you? How can they get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, easiest way, um, they can get a hold of me at kevin.mckay at fhcanada.org. That's probably Mm -hmm. the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm also on LinkedIn. um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so those would be the best places to get a hold of me.
1: Okay, that sounds great. One final question, because I know you're an avid reader, and I can imagine that some people might be thinking, I just want to learn a little bit more about this. Are there are there books, resources, places that you're you know even websites you can point people to if they're just just in the exploring stage?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say start with um, uh, this wonderful podcast called Ending Poverty Together. There's some <laughs> amazing.
1: thank you for that shout out that's great
0: (laughs) honest and truly i think there are some amazing uh, podcasts on there that uh, help peel back uh you know the onion on this one Um, yeah it's true anything from praxislabs.org uh i just love love Mm -hmm. love what they're putting out out into the world it's Mm -hmm. really rich it's really biblical based and and it's it's entirely entrepreneurial and business so there's no there's no um sort of take no prisoners on on the combination of those things. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, I mean, there's all kinds of business books for sure on how we can take practical and intentional steps around our operating model and our business model, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But two book references um, that I think undergird the posture, the heart, um, and that would be Andy Crouch's Strong and Weak. I just finished that. And uh, I I I did it over a bunch of months, so I really mm. reflected on it, mm-hmm. and it was just beautiful. And the other one that I'm going through right now, and it's just lighting me up like a Christmas tree, is Tim <laughs> Keller's um, Every Good Endeavor. Mm. And um, I think this is this really talks to the intersection of um, the opportunity that we have as business leaders as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go beyond the notion of just you know expressing ourselves as uh, driving a business for profit. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say those are some really rich, rich resources. Wonderful,
1: thank you. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. It's always fun to chat with you. And I really hope that listeners, you will be interested in finding out more. And if you want to explore what your next steps could be or find out more about FH Canada and the business partnership program that we have, Start by checking out fhcanada.org slash resources.